From the Mitchell Center to Coleman Coliseum, the Bartow and Trojan Arenas. From Veterans Memorial Stadium to Legion Field to Hancock-Whitney Stadium. With a combined 75 years of experience in the sports radio world, these guys have spent their professional lives roaming the stadiums and arenas that host your favorite teams. And now, they invite you to join them inside the press box. Get ready for Chris Stewart. Throws it out. Norris left alone. Corner three. Smoking hot. J.D. Byers. Three-step drop. Steps up. Looks. Swatted down. Set. Down he goes. Mike Grace. Curveball right back up the middle. They'll wave out and around third base. Slides into the dogs have won it. And the broadcasters, journalists, coaches, and game changers making today's news. <laughs> They're all here. Inside. The Press Box. Welcome to the Press Box Podcast. For my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Grace. What you're about to hear is just a slice of our Press Box radio show. Heard on great stations across Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. The show is our way of sharing with you the access we enjoy to a group of friends and colleagues who, like us, have the honor of working with and around the teams and the sports we all love. Today, we'll relive the SEC Basketball Championship won by the Alabama Crimson Tide. Our own Chris Stewart was there, and uh, it took a little bit out of him. Crowd on its feet. Tigers set to trigger it in. Smart gets it into Wadford. Threw it away. He'll run it down in the back. Hugh will take it to the top of the arc. Wadford, three, at the buzzer, blocked by Herb. The putback, no. The buzzer sounds, and Bama hangs on. Oh, my goodness. Was that madness enough for you there, big guy? Lord. <laughs> How's your heart rate? That was one of four blocks <laughs> that was by Herb of... in that game. Wow. Yeah, one of four blocks, and I think it was one of – 12 times I said the buzzer blew in the last seven <laughs> seconds, but I was, I was pulling for it to, uh, to go off rather than actually oh. they calling it on one of those. It was, uh, boys, it was special. It was really a lot of fun. Well, I got really, really was I got for a two, lot of reasons. I got two questions before you, you break it down for us. Um, the first was the voice of the fighting tigers, uh, Chris Blair at the arena yesterday. Or was he doing it I never remote? Saw him. You, know, I you never saw him. So they okay. were, they well, were virtual. I was just going to ask if Tom Stipe had to separate the two of you prior to tip off. Things were a little heated yesterday uh, prior to uh, <laughs> to the, to the start us. of the game. Not with us. <laughs> My fighting days are over. It was a Tuesday back in 1987. <laughs> and that was the only day I had. Somebody uh, says the, uh, that maybe some coaches got into it initially during uh I lines yeah. think so yeah i yeah. think it was not head coaches it was it was assistants that i think had a word or two yeah yep. beforehand yep. never got any clarification exactly on what transpired but uh, there wasn't one but you know this tells you where this tells you where things are in, in 2021 the fact that we, we were discussing as i heard somebody describe as a fight and i'm like no, go back and watch some stuff from the 80s, early 90s. Those were fights. This was no fight. But it was. It certainly set the tone, and it was already going to be there. These are, two, uh, these are two sides that know each other well. Bama embarrassed them twice, frankly, during the regular season yeah. and jumped out to an 8 nothing lead. Now, let me tell you, I'm, I'm not a fan. 
but I will give all the credit in the world to LSU for battling because that was yeah. one when they were down eight zip, it very easily, and I thought, frankly, that it was going to go the other way. Uh, I, I thought it was about to be – I thought the route was on, that Alabama was, was locked and loaded and ready to go, and uh, Will Wade called a strong timeout, and uh, and uh, they talked <laughs> talk, talk things over. It got it fixed, and Alabama went from up 8-0 and forcing LSU to call a timeout and then having to uh, go to the first media timeout trailing. So it was a heck of a flip by LSU, and it was just back and forth the rest of the way. And that that final seven-and-a-half set, well, really, I'll go back. Just prior to that, what set up the inbounds play was seven-and-a-half seconds to go the block by Keon Ellis on the layup uh, attempt by LSU, and I've forgotten exactly who it was, but it was uh, it was a heck of a play just to make that possible. So uh, really, really, really amazing ball. It was uh, Javante Smart who had his layup attempt blocked, and special ball game. I'm guessing you'll be okay if you don't have to call Trendon Watford's name again. Oh, my gosh. He was incredible. And again, that's, and we can talk, you know, that's, you talk about the animosity and where it comes from. Trendon, familiarity breeds contempt. And Trendon was highly recruited by Alabama. Uh, Birmingham kid that, uh, that Alabama wanted badly and Nate Oates and his staff came in late and, uh, you know, got in, got involved late. He, you remember, he got the job, and then it was only about two weeks later that that Watford was scheduled to make his decision. And, and Alabama made a good push to to get him late, but he opted to go to LSU. It's worked out great for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's where that goes. Those those kids on that Alabama team know him very well. They recruited him hard. The kids do the, most of the recruiting. Y'all know how that works. And they uh, they played high school ball against each other. There were a lot of connections right there and a lot of talking. And then when the game was over with, that's the part that I hope people saw. When the game itself was over with, the Alabama kids go to Trenton, and those were genuine embraces. It was not the I'm hugging because I have to and ha, ha, ha. Those were, those were real embraces between the two sides because if you don't, if you're an Alabama fan, it's okay to dislike Trenton Wadford and the guys wearing the LSU jerseys. But if you can't respect the effort, then then there's something else going on that I'm not privy to yeah. because that was one heck of an effort from him. But it it did match collectively the effort from the weekend of Herbert Jones or the MVP, uh, Javon Quinterly, who was amazing. That's where and, I wanted to go because yeah. you just said respect the effort. Evidently, right. the league respected the effort of a guy who came off the bench in the championship game and awarded him SEC tournament MVP, Javon Quinterly. Uh, what did he put in? Three threes in the win. Shot right at 50% for the game, 14 points off the bench in that one-point win. Uh, and what a game. With I mean, it, it was officially five lead changes, I believe, but it was tied 16 times. That I, I, boy, I thought there were more than that. I'm glad you told me Yeah, that. I thought it was the other no, way around. I, I thought it was five ties and 16 lead changes. Well, I looked at the recap. Did you? Yeah, uh, yeah. One, 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 the stat line says 
16 lead changes. And then the recap I read from Aaron said it was uh, tied 16 with five lead changes. Um, but, man, the, the, yeah, it was knotted up so many times in that one. And Bama moves to eight. It was ridiculously close the whole time. That's That, that, that 80-point sure. mark was so crucial because yeah. at 80 or better, the Tide's 18-0 and 0 this year. Yeah. Say that again. At 80 or more points a game, Bama's 18-0. and 0. And I was thinking that with 7.1 on the clock. Okay. I was thinking it was point one, I guess, because that last tap, that last tap, thankfully didn't go. Uh, Hyatt is the one that that had. He was almost the hero. He'd have gotten in double figures. Yeah. He had a couple of nice plays earlier. Earlier, excuse me. Very quietly had eight rebounds to go with his eight points, but thankfully his eighth rebound did not result in points nine and ten, as that thing hung on the rim and. And fell off. It was, let me tell you what, it was a great couple of days. Well, the whole week was, but the last two games, when, when most people are watching, I thought it was great for the Southeastern Conference for basketball. This, this league and its reputation, you know, people, people criticize the basketball and have for years because of the football. You know, there's nothing to criticize with the football. And so you find something else to be critical of. And in basketball was a deserving target for a while there. But this league is back to being incredibly tough. And in the national stage, they got not just ESPN, but there were some games on ABC as well. CBS, you know, still was involved uh, this year as well. But the, the package of games and the, the, the reputation that the SEC, I think, got to continue to restore. It's not a one-year deal, but they've been doing this for the last couple of years. That was a phenomenal championship game, and I think sets the table where the SEC will at least be respected, Mike, going into the NCAA tournament. Well, the Crimson Tide Twitterverse uh, was a little put out with ESPN. Carl Ravitch and Dickie V had the, had the call yesterday. And, and by the way, Dickie V is another subject we've got to bring up later. Um, but yeah, the Twitter they almost went the first full, ha- uh, full first half without mentioning football in relation to the SEC and Alabama and LSU, et cetera. Almost went the whole first half without mentioning football, but then they had to, had to bring that in. Well, it's a natural storyline. Yeah, it is. And we forget, we forget when we're watching the game to watch our team or our region that we're not the only ones watching. Now, and I can't speak for y'all, but I, I feel fairly comfortable that y'all have a similar vein in this, having been current or past play-by-play voices of schools. I tell people all the time, if you're a fan of an opposing team or just another team, doesn't have to be the opposition, but if you're a fan of another team, you're, you're, you were a, an Arkansas fan, listening to the Alabama-LSU ball game on the Crimson Tide Sports Network yesterday, it is my sincere hope that when you're listening to me call the game, you can constantly keep up with the score, the time, the ball position, and that you follow what's going on. But you're not going to like everything that I say or maybe even the tone with which I say it because I'm really not addressing you. You're not my audience. Alabama fans Mm -hmm. are my audience. 
on that broadcast. And it's it, it's the equivalent, I've used this, and you tell me if I'm wrong, J.D., of standing at a party, and you and I are having a one-on-one conversation, and Mike walks up in the midst of you and I having the conversation, and Mike were to say, well, I don't, I don't like what you're saying. And, and I should politely tell Mike, well, I, res- I respect that, and I get that, but I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to, I'm, I'm talking. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Arkansas this fans is, listening. I hope you can keep up. Totally. I, I mean, I hope you, I hope I'm telling the story well enough that you can follow it. But if you don't like what I'm saying, I'm sorry. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Alabama fans. You've hit a, you've hit a tone here, man, because I have wanted to do one more comeback season to Seinfeld so bad. And my number one episode was Conversation Hijacker. I thought that would have been such a good – we have them We have them in my office. Uh, and everybody probably does where you're sitting there talking and somebody notices somebody else is talking in a group. They're like, hey, I'm going to go get in on this. And they walk in and they're like hijacking your conversation or they start talking in the middle of it. And you're like – I just thought they'd be – Jerry Seinfeld can make yeah. Conversation Hijacker. A, a great, a great episode, Chris. What you describe is exactly why Bama fans love you as their play-by-play guy. That Absolutely. They, that, that, I mean, I, and I, I think that's okay. I think it's okay for someone to be a homer uh, when we've talked about it before. Your checks come from Alabama. I mean, it, it's okay as long as you're respectful of the opponent, which you always are. Exactly. I try to be. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. There, there are moments where I'm going to be, and I think I've got to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've got to be honest, yeah. but honesty is how you see it. You know, JD and I can walk up from two different sides, see things totally different, say what we both honestly believe, and one of us is probably going to be wrong on on debatable things, yeah. questionable things, and it's the same as you know talking about a call. If I'm talking here on a Monday calling Doug Shouse an awful human being, then that, I got a problem because yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, how yeah. I feel. Yeah, yeah, if I'm yeah. questioning and I'm just throwing Doug because he had the game and right. that was, you know, that's that's an easy target because Doug's on, on so many games. and He, he, and, attracted, uh, he attracted a little attention on the Twitterverse as well over the weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. always does. <laughs> and, and, when, and when Chris introduced him at the beginning of the game and our officials for today's game, he, he, he went Paul Harvey on it. He went, officials for today's game, Doug. Shouts. I wasn't that bad. And I didn't, yeah. I never call him Satan. Like I said, Doug's been too nice to me. I wouldn't do that. But yeah, it is, he's a good guy. Uh, it really is. Known him 25 years. Oh, yeah. And you're a dang good official. He wouldn't be doing the games that he's doing. But that doesn't mean that in the heat of the moment, you don't see things differently. You're, it's a what we do as broadcasters, it's an immediate reaction to what we see for officials it's an immediate reaction to what they see coaches all that so but but where you're coming from largely affects not always but largely affects what you see and thankfully from a Bama perspective what I saw was the ball fall off the rim at the end and this team get a chance to celebrate a tournament title along with a regular season title and uh and continue momentum going into the offseason the thing for me with Alabama Uh, Well, there's a lot of things, but one of the things that's so uh, encouraging to watch, J.D., is for them to win different ways. 
they're not just they haven't just won um, the number of games they have. They have won it in so many different manners. Well, and, and the way the, the stat line was stuffed by different guys, uh, you, you look at Herbert Jones, double double, didn't hit a three, but the guy pulls eleven rebounds, four blocks. We mentioned a yeah. steal, thirteen points, but he's sharing the basketball at such a high level. When you have three guys reach four or more assists in the game, 16 total, which is roughly half the buckets Bama made yesterday. Yeah. When, when the guys are sharing the ball, they're having fun. No question. Uh, and so I, I was impressed by that, shooting, you know, at a clip of, you know, second half when the, when the game needed it and required it, shot right at 46%. One of the things I noticed too, Chris, and I guess I noticed this in watching partly because I've heard uh, head coach Nate Oates talk about this, is about guys' intensity and success on the defensive end and how that translates into confidence and success on the offensive end. And I, I noticed it several times over the course of the weekend and, and watching Bama play um, where that exact thing happened. I mean, a guy would make a great play on the defensive end. They, they'd run in transition, get on the other side, pass, 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 get it back to the guy that made the great defensive play, and he knocks down a three. And it, it's it's great basketball to watch. I'll say this, just as a fan, once you guys obliterated my Mississippi State Bulldogs, then I'm just a fan pulling for Bama because of you, but looking for great basketball. And, yeah. buddy, it was great basketball all weekend long. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching the SEC tournament. It uh, I, I thought it was, again, terrific for the league. I, the LSU-Arkansas yeah. was a great game. The Alabama-Tennessee yes. game was a great matchup. Uh, you get down to your – you wound up with your top four seeds. And, you know, State didn't get pushed by Mississippi State, but State won a great ball game against Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I had fun Friday, and that was, just, that was it. Well, no, yeah. but but my point is just from a league standpoint. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was – the 8-9 game is supposed to be a competitive game, and it was a great game that went to the finish and set the tone for the rest of the tournament. And then you saw Bama be Bama again. Nate Oates has been talking for weeks about we haven't played our best basketball. Well, they were red, smoking hot <laughs> against yeah. against the Bulldogs, yeah. Can, can I say this, Chris? But when you are going into the NCAA tournament and it's live or die, win to go or lose and go yeah. home, how great is it perhaps psyche-wise to win a one-point game as opposed to cruise through your tournament and go in overconfident? Guys, it could not have, in my opinion, it couldn't have been scripted any better with the possible exception of LSU taking the place of what we thought Arkansas would be and for Alabama to avenge their most recent loss, which would have been against the Hawks. That, that is the, the smallest of fact, details and factors. Because LSU's a tournament team, a really good team that had been obliterated twice, and Alabama had to lock in and beat down the stretch. But I totally agree. The the fact you could go and win the first game convincingly, get guys' legs back under them, go play, go play and get get sharpened up again, but not have to wear yourself out. Then win two tight games in back to back days, and now you get till Saturday. Yeah. Before you have to play, that's huge. You could theoretically see Arkansas again, but it would Absolutely. be it would be on April the fifth. 
for, be fine for, for, that. for the trophy. It would be I indeed. Would be fine Life, life's been pretty good for the Crimson Tide over the last couple of weeks, and they head into the dance red hot as the SEC regular season and tournament champion. Will be fun to watch the Alabama Crimson Tide and the rest of the SEC in the upcoming NCAA basketball tournament. Certainly a topic you'll hear more about here on the Press Box Podcast. Catch our daily show weekdays on great stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. You can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBoxRadio and the number one. And, of course, we always would love to hear from you. Email us at PressBoxRadio1 at gmail.com. Again, PressBoxRadio, the number one, at gmail.com. For Chris Stewart, for J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Gray saying thanks for joining us here on the PressBox Podcast.